It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied by an adult. Welcome, friend. Have a seat by the fire. Make yourself comfortable. The memories flooded back like water through a fractured dam. It was wartime as he stepped onto the deck of the USS Eldridge docked in Philadelphia's naval yards. Or was this some other place? The sky above was now a green shroud. A thundering drum-like resonance throbbed in the pit of his stomach. The infernal experiment had begun, and there was nothing he could do. Only stand and relive those dread moments of terror, yanked from one temporal plane to another, as if having your screaming soul ripped from your throat as men were ignited into flame and flesh merged with metal. You're listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight's tale is perhaps based on true events, but will leave you to judge their veracity. Our play was scripted by John Ballantyne and concerns a mystery-shrouded event called Project Rainbow, perhaps better known as the Philadelphia Experiment. <gasps> Doctor, he's, he's waking. What are you? Well, Nurse Dubos, your incompetence once again astounds me. Doctor, what are I you? carried out your instructions to the letter. Bring the orderlies back in. John, relax now. Where, where am I? Tighten those straps. Do it quickly. You're gonna... You're gonna zap me again? Fry my brain. That's what you're gonna do. Should I re-administer another dose? It's too late. But, Doctor, the convulsions Throw the be... switch! You sons of bitches! I'll kill every mother-loving one of you! Bite down on that mouthpiece. <laughs> Wouldn't want to lose that tongue, now would we? It's ready, Doctor. John, listen to me. These treatments are your path to sanity. If you keep fighting this, you know what we'll have to do. <laughs> Apply the electrodes. Oh, fuck it, girl! Oh, fuck it, girl! The machine. It's broken. Inject him with 10 cc's flufenazine. He could stop breathing. So could we if you don't... If you don't... Doctor... Put him under immediately. Not bleeding from the ear. Doctor? Put him under immediately. Oh, God. Someone get Dr. Kozar. Hurry! Dr. Bowen? Dr. Bowen? Dr. Underwood, I see you're settling in nicely. Oh, Brian. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Brian Kazar. 
Good to see you. My apologies. I haven't had time to look in on you yet. Likewise, my good friend. Hope this office works out for you. It's, it's a little drab, I'm afraid. Oh, no, 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 no. Quite adequate. This is a mental institution, after all. <laughs> More like a three-ring circus some days. <laughs> you fighting your way around? Why, yes. Everyone has been most helpful. Although I'm, I must say I'm a bit curious about my predecessor. Mm, Dr. Bowen. The staff seems a little cagey as to what took place. Yeah, no great mystery, really. Two months ago, Dr. Bowen suffered a cerebral aneurysm. Collapsed right here at the hospital. He's been in a coma ever since. He was with a patient at the time? Yes, our John Doe. Patient X. Uh, Dr. Bowen had been treating him for battle fatigue, I believe. Battle fatigue? Career? Patient X is a naval veteran of the Atlantic Theater. World War Two. Oh, good God, man. How long has he been institutionalized? Well, he's been bounced around. A couple of veterans' hospitals before he was sent here. Patient X. That's rather dramatic. His real name isn't on file. No military record of some sort. Yeah, that's the real mystery. Oh, yes. I see. Violent rages. Outbursts. Undergoing a, undergoing a round of electroconvulsive treatments. Hmm. He's scheduled for a lobotomy. Whose recommendation? That would be Dr. Goodman. He's been working the case lately. Well, I can't sign off on this without meeting with the patient first. Well, Dr. Goodman has spent considerable time with him. I think you know I'm not a proponent of the procedure. Certainly not until all options have been exhausted. Well, fair enough. What, um, what would you suggest? Let's hold off on this lobotomy business until I've had a chance to review the case history and speak with this Mr. X. What do you want, nut job? Nut job? Stuck in here with me, ain't ya? Psst, you know, shh, they give you some of that, you know? <laughs> the old zapper. Get out of my ear before I rearrange your face. <laughs> no, you know, shh, shh, listen, listen, I know, I know who you are, okay? Them other limp noodles, they ain't got a clue, but, but me, you know. Sure. <laughs> you look like a real smart guy. Well, you was, you was on that ship. You know, the one they did experiments on, huh? The one they say turned invisible. <laughs> All right, Sweeney, why don't you wander back to the nurse's station? Let them scrounge you up some clothes. What, what? You you can't see me. Yeah, believe me, I wish that was true. Mr. X, you're coming with me. What the hell have I done? Now, you got an appointment with that new doctor. <laughs> what was that? Now, I don't want any funny stuff out of you, spooky boy. Well, it's your lucky day. I'm all a lot of funny stuff. Come on. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, Mr. X. Please have a seat and do tell me what name you prefer. John Doe is okay. So you're the new doctor? Yes, Dr. Jeffrey Underwood. Kinda odd spot for a talk. Out here in the open. Well, there's plenty of privacy. No one within earshot. Besides, it's such a lovely day. You're not worried? Worried? About me trying to escape? Well, if you can get past me and the burly fellow standing watch over there, you'd still have a tough go at it scaling those containment walls. And the guard gate on the other side. I hope to assist you in walking past that gate one day. You and me both know that's never gonna happen. Why do you feel that way? <laughs> they brought you all the way over from jolly old England to examine my 
Loose screw. I'm an American citizen just like you, John. I've been here for six years now. Nobody's getting me out of here. Not you, or a dozen different shrinks. They won't allow it. <clears throat> John, you've displayed violent tendencies, uh, aggression toward others. Wouldn't you if you were locked up in this booby hatch? <laughs> Everybody here is stark raving mad or goddamn ignorant. That's why they inject me with that little cocktail, you know. Keeps me from howling at the moon. And perhaps we'll adjust your dosage, see how you respond. You're not afraid, are you? Not like the others. John, what exactly led you here? I was part of something. Something they don't want nobody to know about. Who are they? The government. The Navy. Some sort of cover-up? Hell, it doesn't matter anymore. Who'd believe me? Do you know what year it is? It's 1951. According to this, you've been institutionalized since 1943. That's eight years you'll never get back. I need you to help me if I'm going to help you, and I need you to start now. What happened to you in 1943? The Army is having fewer psychoneurotic patients in Korea than it had in World War II. In Korea, the ratio is about one such case for every seven wounded in battle. In World War II, it was one for every five. A story gained circulation... <sighs> well, he's still holding on to his original story. Hmm. The nonsense about the ship, the, uh, the experiments. Yes. And he's most convincing. Come on, now. You don't buy any of that drivel. Oh, no, of course not. I think he pulled that from comic books or pulp magazines, but it's a surprisingly coherent tale. Hmm. Sad fact is, there are real horrors in this world, much worse than any we could imagine. So you uh, think he's substituted an imagined horror for the real one? I do. Strange as it may seem, the concept of some fanciful experiment gone wrong is more palatable to him than what may have really occurred. What do you think really triggered these delusions? Well, it's difficult to say, but it was wartime. Horrific things happen in war. The key to helping him is finding a way to unlock those repressed memories. How do you propose to do that? I've been working with a hypnotic regression technique, and I've had some rather positive outcomes. Hypnotic regression? You think that'll work? It's possible. Certainly less invasive than an ice pick through the eye socket. Would you uh, mind if I observe the session? I have no objection. Any particular reason? Oh, just curiosity. Fact is, I'm not sure I believe in hypnosis any more than invisible warships and little green guys. <laughs> Excuse me, Dr. Underwood. Can I speak with you? Yeah, I better get busy with my rounds. Uh, just give me a shout when you begin, Jeffrey. Uh, I'd love to sit in. Yes, uh, Nurse Dubose, isn't it? What can I do for you? Doctor, I... I was checking the daily orders for medication, and I I just wanted to make sure this was correct. Mm, uh, yes. The modification to John's dosage all appears to be in order. Dr. Underwood, I know you're new here, and I would never dream of questioning your treatment choices, but are you fully aware of patient X's history? I reviewed his records extensively. We had some trouble out of him before Dr. Bowen increased his medication... In fact, there were two fatalities. Really? He murdered two people with no mention in his file? Oh, no, no. Patient X wasn't directly responsible. At least, not that anyone can tell. But he was present in both instances. And what was the cause of the deaths? Natural causes. An orderly with a ruptured appendix, an attending nurse collapsed from a coronary. She was 25 years old. Heart defects can strike young and old. And now, Dr. Bowen's in a coma and may never recover. 
Most of the staff won't go anywhere in your patient X. So perhaps we should burn him at the stake for witchcraft. Forgive me, Doctor. I'm 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 really not a superstitious sort, but there were other incidences. Inexplicable occurrences. Something's wrong with him. Something unnatural. Oh rubbish. Nurse, it's imperative we approach this professionally. Well, I'm sorry, Doctor Edward, I just I thought you should be aware of things. Well, let's not turn to irrational fears. John is not some sort of boogeyman, and I'd prefer the staff cease referring to him as patient X. It's dehumanizing. You're right. Of course, I... I'll follow your instructions to the letter, Doctor. All right, John. Are you comfortable? Yeah. I need you to close your eyes. Relax every muscle and listen carefully to the sound of my voice and the ticking of the metronome. Imagine that that's all that exists here in this moment. My voice speaking to you and the metronome. Forget time and space. Let it all wash over you and melt away. Now we're going to go back several years to a date that you specified when the incident took place. It is wartime, during the autumn of the year. The date is now the 28th of October, 1943. I want you to tell me where you are standing at this moment and everything you see and experience. Can you do that? Yeah, I think so. Where are you? The Naval Yards. Philadelphia. I'm aboard a docked ship. It's the USS Eldridge. Just a skeleton crew. Forty or fifty of us. She's newly commissioned. Paint's barely dry on her. I'm on deck. Oh. What is it? It's happening all over again. Tell me what's going on around you. There are these huge coil arrays attached to the ship. Spinning, humming. I can feel the dog tags being lifted from my uniform, digging into my neck. Loose chains flying out of guys' pockets. It's generating some kind of magnetic force. It's incredibly powerful. Frightening. The other men are getting restless. I'm kind of antsy myself. What's really weird is, feels like I'm not even in my body anymore. Like a spirit. Is this the experiment you referred to? Yes. The coils are glowing white hot. They're blinding. It's almost like looking into the sun. I can feel the heat from them. There's no way the bearings in those things can hold out much longer. They're spinning too fast, heating up. They're gonna fly apart and kill us all. We're all starting to panic. Fear something's gone wrong. It's as if they've unleashed something they can't control. You can hear the metal of the ship under stress. Feels like everything around us could be pulled apart. What happened? Where are you now? There was this brilliant flash. Now everything's gone dim. Sort of the way it is when you're at sea just before sunrise. Can't see the docks anymore. Can't even see the shore. The coil arrays have vanished, or maybe... Maybe we're somewhere else. Oh, dear God. What do you see? There are things. A 
aboard the ship now. What do they look like? They're not human. They're shaped like men, but they're not. More like shadows. Their eyes, though. John... Burning like fire. John, are you certain that this is... They drift around us like ghosts. There's this look in the faces of the crew. I know what they're thinking. It's the same thing weighing on my mind. We're all thinking that this is what death feels like. That maybe we're all dead. And... This is hell. Are you sure that this isn't some deeply buried nightmare? Something from your past that's been... Oh, sweet mother of Christ, they're burning! Who's burning? The men! If you stare at those things too long, stare them right into their eyes, you start to catch fire! There's five or six sailors that just burst into flame! A petty officer just leaped overboard into the water, only... Only... There's nothing there. What do you mean? There's no goddamn water beneath us! Nothing! He just plummeted into some empty abyss! Flaming out like a burning ember. John. They say there's no hell, but Jesus Christ, here we are. Oh God, there's one of them. It's looking right at me. Eyes burning. I'm shutting my eyes. I don't want to see any more of this! John, relax. You're not dead. You're not in hell. This is a distant dream. Nothing more than a fevered nightmare. It is no longer 1943. You are in present day 1951 here in my office once again. Please, open your eyes. You see? You're safe. Yes? Sorry, Jeffrey. I got tied up on the other hall. Did I miss the session? As a matter of fact, we just finished. A excuse me, John. I'll be back with you in just a moment. How did it go? Well, he's still clinging to the same delusion, although he's added some rather vivid details. Apparently he believes this experiment opened up some manner of... Uh, of otherworldly portal. <laughs> it uh, never ceases to amaze me what the human mind can conjure. It may take a few sessions to uncover the repressed trauma. Doc, I can remember it all now. John, please return Every to my last office and have bit. a seat. I mean, it was fuzzy before, but... They pulled us back. It was like being swallowed up in the mouth of hell and spit out again. Uh, please calm down, there's no All of us were affected in one way or another by what happened. What we saw. John. Maybe just 20 or so left after the experiment. The side effects. Uh, orderlies, we may I can hear their here. cries. Fused to the deck of the ship, arms and torsos writhing, joined to the hull. All right, Mr. X. My God, it was... a little walk. Come on. I know it's crazy, but that's what happened! You gotta believe me! John, please accompany the orderlies. Rest assured we'll sort all this out in good time. Dr. Underwood, there's an officer from the Bethesda Naval Hospital waiting in the lobby. He wanted to speak to you about the patient at... the John Doe case. Thank you. Oh, Christ. You called Bridgewater? Come on! We're going to the day room. <laughs> You can't trust that son of a bitch! Let's go. Come on. Bridgewater's not one of us. He's not one of us! He's not one of us! Dr. Underwood, I presume. Captain Bridgewater. Uh, why, yes. Uh, very good to make your acquaintance. I was just conducting a session with our John Doe. <laughs> Uh, Mr. X? Yes, 
He's quite the exotic bird, isn't he? Well, he's certainly, how should I say, of a different ilk than the rest of us. You have no idea. So what is the nature of your visit, Captain? When I spoke with you on the phone, I was hoping to gather some insight into his background, his service records. Certainly I didn't mean for you to come all this way. Well, uh, I had a word with the administration at Bethesda concerning patient X, and uh, it appears we'll be taking him off your hands. I'm sorry, you're doing what? X is no longer your problem, Dr. Underwood. Truth is, he's never even been formally discharged from the Navy. Well, that's preposterous. He should have been classified as Section 8, discharged some time ago. Government red tape. Sometimes they fall through the cracks. We're starting to make some real progress. If I was allowed some more time, Not I... my call, Doctor. My orders are to have Mr. X ready to transfer immediately. Here. I think you'll find everything in order. Yes, everything's... No. Now, wait a minute. What's this? The procedure should have already been performed, Doctor. I will not carry this out. I'm sure I can find another capable physician. A transorbital lobotomy is not called for... I want him to behave, Dr. Underwood. It's a long trip, and I'd rather not have to put him down like a mad dog. I refuse to allow this. Out of your hands, and frankly, above your pay grade. My orders are in ink and very plain. This is an outrage. Doctor, I have train tickets for this evening. I'll be back in a couple of hours. I can trust you'll take care of this? Or do I need to locate some local quack? It's a delicate procedure. If not performed correctly, John could be left in a vegetative state or could lose some motor functions or worse. Doubtless, you'd want to avoid changing his diaper on that train ride, Captain. All the more reason for someone skilled such as yourself to handle it. Hmm, Dr. Underwood? Yes, I suppose so. Good to know that I can count on you. I'll be back for Mr. X shortly, Doctor. Bloody outrage. John, I need you to come with me. What's going on? We're going for a little walk. Step lively, then. You met with Bridgewater, didn't you? How do you know Captain Bridgewater? He wasn't on the ship when the experiment began. When we were yanked back from whatever kind of place we went to, Bridgewater was pulled back with us. I mean, I don't know if he's one of those devils from the other side, but I do know he's not one of us. Let's discuss this later. Right now, I need you to listen to me and do exactly as I say. They kept me doped up. I couldn't remember things before. John, you're very confused, but you're suffering from a mental illness that can be cured. Now, there's a colleague of mine that can help you. Wait a minute. What are you doing, Doc? You're not trying to spring me out of here. Let's use the stairwell. It's best we go out the back way and attract the least attention. That's far enough, Dr. Underwood. Jeffrey, where do you think you're going with that patient? What's he doing on this hall, Brian? Bridgewater has no authorization. Captain Bridgewater is with me, Jeffrey. You know what he's planning to do? Yes, and frankly, it's best for all involved. This is highly unethical. Don't be absurd, Doctor. A lobotomy is a common procedure these days, simpler than pulling a tooth. You lousy bastard. That's enough. Nurse, have the orderlies take him to the OR on the basement floor. Make sure he's sedated. Yes, Doctor. You lousy bastard.
Didn't realize there was an operating room hidden down here. Well, it's only used for training anymore. Here we go. Set them on the table. Some reason you want the staff unaware of this dirty little deed? I insisted on the privacy. For what purpose? Let's step into the observation room, shall we? What exactly did Mr. X tell you about his experiences? That's confidential. Well, let me guess. He spewed a bunch of nonsense about vanishing Navy ships and wild experiments. Am I in the ballpark? I can cite doctor-patient confidentiality all day. What if I were to tell you it's all true, Doctor? I'd say you're the one we should be sizing for a straitjacket. Project Rainbow was an attempt to render a U.S. warship invisible to enemy radar, as well as to the naked eye. Just why are you telling me this little fairy tale? Shouldn't this be classified? The truth is, Doctor, the actual experiment to electronically camouflage the USS Eldridge was an utter disaster. The ship never achieved invisibility. It simply vanished for a few seconds, and apparently during that time was teleported to... Where? By most accounts, some other plane of existence, another dimension. I don't know. I'm no scientist, nor philosopher. But most of the God-fearing souls aboard her called it hell. At least those that returned speaking something other than gibberish. You know, he believes that you came back with them. That you're some goblin from this netherworld you're referring to. Oh, no. I was never aboard the Eldridge. In fact, Patient X is the one who remains the biggest mystery. How so? He was pronounced dead seven hours before the experiment took place. What do you mean? Petty Officer Albert Harvey was an electrician's mate aboard the Eldridge, suffered a severe high-voltage shock while rigging onboard instruments earlier that day. Stopped his heart. His body lay stone dead in sickbay during the experiment. Albert Harvey? So you'd have me believe I've been treating a dead man? Honestly, Bridgewater, you're more delusional than... Something reanimated him, Doctor. Whether it was the experiment itself, or those shadow demons the crew kept babbling on about, or just some good old-fashioned act of God, we may never know. What we do know is Harvey has displayed dangerous abilities ever since he returned to the land of the living. What kind of abilities? Telekinesis, for one. Imagine someone able to pinch off blood flow to a vital organ just by thinking about it. Other more frightening powers as well. And these abilities, if they truly exist, might come in handy in wartime or during a conflict. Make no mistake, Doctor. We are at war with communists, both here and abroad. They'd not hesitate a second to use such capabilities against us. If he is so powerful, what hospital or prison could hold him? How could we have kept him here for so long? Drugs, Doctor. He may not even be cognizant of these abilities. Harvey's been kept in such a stupor, he didn't even remember who he was until you intervened. A grave error on your part. You're not giving him a lobotomy, are you? You want to study him. He's a ticking bomb, Doctor. We can't afford him going off. You're removing higher functions, basically turning him into a houseplant. God, the orderlies are engulfed in flames. What the hell happened? Don't go in there, Underwood. He's going to kill them all. He's going to kill them all. We have to get out of here or we're next. Where does this door lead to? The morgue, Bridgewater. That door leads to the morgue. John, it's over. My name's not John, Doc. In the name of mercy, we have to help those poor people in the other room. Let them burn in hell for all I care. What are you holding, Harvey? A tool of... retribution. Put down the orbiter class and the hammer. Oh, I'm going to do that very thing, Doctor. 
Stay away from me, you freak. <laughs> I saw these used once. Don't think they realized I was watching. This isn't the answer. Simpler than pulling a tooth. Isn't that what you said, Bridgewater? Why don't you just burn me like the others? Because this is much more satisfying. Killing me won't save you, Harvey. They'll still come after you. I, I, I can't feel my legs. What did you do to him? Temporary paralysis. Now hold your head still, Captain Bridgewater. Oh my god, you can't do this. No, 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 for now, mercy's Captain, sake. Please, I'm begging you. We're gonna make a real mess of this if you don't stop twitching. God, Isn't this about the right angle, Doctor? You can't do this without putting him under. No, no! Holy crap, stop! You're driving into deep! Stop it, Harvey! Don't remember so much blood before. <laughs> oh. I really fouled this up. Christ. Suppose stop. I'll just pull it out now. No! Oh, God. <laughs> Always wondered what Bridgewater had going on up there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Who knew you could pull that much of a man's brain out through the eye socket? A little keepsake for you there, Doc. Jesus, Harvey. What kind of monster are you? I don't have an answer to that, Doc. Holy Christ. Kind of scares me. Thoughts running through my mind. Black tongue of hell comes calling, whispers in your ear. No telling what kind of monster you're liable to find living inside. So long, Doctor. And then the last thing I remember, he just... <laughs> I know this sounds insane, but... Harvey just turned and walked through a solid wall. And you don't, uh... And you don't recall anything... Anything else after that, Mr. Underwood, right? Nothing at all? No, I... Look, I know what this sounds like. Mr. Underwood, do you, uh... Do you know what year it is? Well, of course. It's 1951. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh... It's 1955. No. No, that can't be. There's a war going on in Korea. Yeah, well, that... That ended a couple years ago, Mr. Underwood. That's Dr. Underwood to you, sir. Right, but you're not, uh, you're not practicing medicine anymore. Not after the incident. Um, Mr. Underwood, do you, uh, do you know where you're at at this moment? Well, obviously I'm in your office, Doctor. Well, yeah, yeah, but you have been committed here at Willis Grove for the past four years. And every week, you and I, well, we... Have a little talk and we discuss what happened to you. Doctor, I'm very confused. Yeah, well, that's that's all right. That's all right, Mr. Underwood. I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, going to do what I can, and I, I want you to accompany Mr. Morgan here, and he's going to take you right back to your room, okay? Doctor, I... He's still out there, you know. Here you go, Morgan. Make sure the nurse gets this. He's still out there. Sure thing, doctor. Yeah, I'm afraid more sedatives are in order and perhaps another round of electroconvulsive treatments. Oh my god, he's still out there.
You've been listening to Campfire Radio Theater. Tonight's tale, The Philadelphia Experiment, was written by John Ballantyne. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Dr. Underwood, Jack Kincaid as Patient X, Joe Stafko as Captain Bridgewater, M. Sario Garcia as Nurse DuBose, John Ballantyne as Dr. Kozar, Blaine Hicklin as Sweeney and Dr. Ramsey, and Glenn Haskell as Dr. Bowen. Music by Kevin Hartnell, Kevin McLeod, Richard Lanehart, and E.R.H. Incidental music by Mildred Bailey and Claude Thornhill's orchestra with Buddy Hughes. Sound design by Tim Holding and John Ballantyne. Additional sound courtesy of Free Sound Project. Mixing and post-production by John Ballantyne. Visit us at campfireradiotheater.podbean.com and on Facebook at Campfire Radio Theater. Tuesday Terror really gets the nerves on edge and gives you a nice, healthy fear of the dark. For a change, catch Bells in the Bat Free, where your nerves will still be on edge, but with a nice, healthy fear of bad puns, silly situations, and absurd plots. Bells in the Bat Free, in Friday Follies and every other week in Sunday Showcase. Just keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.